0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Moms & Coaching Podcast. I'm Brooke Wyckoff, women's basketball coach at Florida State University, and mom to my daughter, Avery.
1: And I'm Erica Lambert, women's basketball coach at Abilene Christian University, and mom to my
0: daughters, Ava and Maya. Being a mom and being a coach are two amazing jobs, but being both provides a unique set of challenges, especially in the world of college athletics. So on this podcast, we discuss our experiences, share some advice, and have real conversations with other moms in coaching who get it.
1: If you're a college coach, a high school coach, anyone working in athletics, or a working parent in general, we're so glad you're here listening in. We wanna encourage you to win the day and keep your family first. Hey everybody, Erica here. I want to kick off this week's episode by introducing our guest coach to you. She is a dear friend of mine, a fierce competitor, a great mentor to her players, and she's a rock star wife and mom. Lindsay Edmonds is the associate head coach at North Carolina State. She's entering her eighth season with the Wolfpack, and she's played a huge role in the revitalization of their program. Last year, in the 1920 campaign, Coach Edmonds helped lead the best NC State team Wolfpack fans have seen in nearly three decades. The team went 28-4 overall, 14-4 in conference play, and went on to win the ACC tournament title before COVID-19 canceled their projected number two seed in the NCAA tournament. We have some fun backstories to this conversation because Lindsay and I actually played against each other in the SOCON. A long time ago and she and Brooke have coached against each other for years now in the ACC so lots of heated battles there you're gonna love hearing from coach Edmonds this week and there's something for all of us to take away from this episode so without further ado here we go welcome coach Edmonds Lindsay we're so glad you're joining us today thanks for being our very first guest on the moms and coaching podcast
0: I'm super excited thanks for having me we are so glad to have you, Linz, and there's so much fun stuff to talk about. So we're just going to dive right in. What has quarantine looked like for you guys, the Edmonds family? You know, I joked with my husband and I said, this is like a relay
2: race, like constant, like passing of the baton. Like, hey, I got to Zoom at 10. He's like, I got a really important call at 11. Hey, okay, well, I'll do lunch. Okay, you do this and not you do that. Like, it's been a constant just passing back and forth because with a five and a three-year-old, they, they need a lot of supervision. So it's not like we can just say, Hey, go do this. And they're going to be fine. Uh, they can do that in like 10 minute spurts, but that's about it. So um, some days have been very scheduled and structured other days. We've totally just went with the flow and just had fun and played and not done a lot of structure. So, you know, it's just been different kind of day by day. Uh, definitely miss the team and miss basketball, but these moments with the family uh, are moments we've never had before. So just taking it as a blessing and just soaking up the time uh, with each other as as much as we can. So
0: you guys aren't back at NC state working
2: out. We're not. So we had the players move in uh, the weekend, like July 5th. So right after July 4th, they could be at home for the 4th. They moved in the 5th and the 6th. We did testing um, taking about a week for um, the results to get back. Um, Some of our local kids have been doing volunteer workouts. Once the kids test came back as negative, they could start doing some volunteer workouts. But we haven't been back in the office. Um, And I guess we'll crank up maybe on the 20th. I think NCAA said mandatory could start on the 20th. So I think the plan is to move forward next week doing a couple of days a week uh, mandatory workouts. Um, But still just kind of going with the flow, Um, but no one's been in the office. I think we will be approved to be in the office from 8 a.m. till noon next week, but not past that.
1: I think as much as we, as moms, of course, have valued this family time and this time off, we are missing basketball a lot. And this is such a weird pace for us to be at. So we're just gonna go, Back to the 1920 season because you guys had an awesome one, and I just want to talk basketball for a couple minutes. The Wolfpack set a program record for single season conference wins, ACC tournament champs. I mean, I guess I should stop. Are you two okay to like have this conversation? <laughs> oh my gosh, are we going to be all right? <laughs> hey,
0: that's the great thing about this—we can compete. And of course, that loss hurt, but I'm so happy for my friend. And man, that was a great game, and and I'm super happy for you guys.
2: Yeah, agreed. It was hard in the moment of the playing, but before and after the games, it's all about like hugging and being excited to see her too. So I'm okay. So I'm glad she's okay too. (laughs) (laughs) We're good. We're good.
0: Okay. Carry on, Erica.
1: (laughs) Lindsay, what gave you guys the edge this past season?
2: You know, we started out really strong. uh, And then in February, we hit a pretty big skid and and we lost several games in a row. Uh, And I think our players were just like, They were determined and they were relentless and they could have hung their heads and they could have said, you know what, we're down for the count now because we've lost several games in a row. Uh, But they just came out swinging and it's kind of the mentality that our programs had for several years now. You're looking back at the year that we had so many injuries. We'd have an injury and we think, oh man, this is it. But then they come back swinging again and we figure out a way to reinvent the wheel and reinvent ourselves and, and just keep going. So I think that's kind of the mentality they took with this too. It was just like, all right, we lost a few, but now we got a, we got a chance to do something special in the tournament and they were they were relentless with that. So I think, you know, that gave us a little bit of an edge, that tough competitiveness and saying, Hey, we're we're not done yet, and they just kept fighting. It was all them, nothing we did. Alisa
1: Kinane is Maybe my favorite player to watch in the country. I think a lot of people could agree with that. I want to know more about her behind the scenes. Like, what's her personality like?
2: Yeah, you know, Debbie Antonelli's given her the nickname of Big Smile. And it's it's really true. Like when she is smiling constantly. Like you can be like getting on her about something she just did and like she's smiling. I'm like, are you listening? She's like, Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so she's uh she's great. She, I mean, she is a wonderful kid uh on and off the floor. Um, someone that the players just really love being around. Um, she gets excited for other people probably than even herself. I mean, I, like I love her emotion and her energy on the court in practice. Um, and I mean, she's goofy. So she adds some some light and some humor to practice and, and moments that, you know, sometimes it's like, huh, but then there she goes, you know, cracking a smile or laughing or falling. And everybody's laughing at her like, why did you fall again? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> so. She's um, she's great, and she wants to be a veterinarian, so she's very driven uh, off the court as well. Um, so she could be in school for a while, but she could also be playing for a while, so she's going to have some decisions to be making uh, when she graduates, what's, what's next for her. Well, she sounds like a fun one to coach.
1: Um, I know that everybody in our business has a COVID shutdown story, but you coached, one of if not the best Wolfpack team in decades and to have that momentum just completely shut down with the coronavirus what was that like for your squad?
2: Yeah first ACC championship in 30 years um, and it's just like so excited and we were so excited to be back we were actually back in the locker room Uh, we had broken down film we had watched film from the ACC tournament the players had went into the weight room uh, because we were told you guys can practice this was like Thursday so they had had you know, three days off, we were practicing late afternoon on a Thursday, so they went in the weight room to, like, warm up, stretch, and they were coming up the steps to start our first practice, and we get the text message saying, no practice, send them home, and we're like, wait a minute, what? And in that moment, I I still didn't realize, like, what that meant. I didn't, I didn't know that meant, like, this is it. I was just like, okay, like, they're still trying to figure things out. We're going to come back and still be able to, have something and then like later that day I I think it seems so long ago later that day I think they shut down the tournament and I was just like wait a minute what like I felt and I I I said I feel like I've like lost a game right now because we don't get a chance to like go on and see what the NCAA tournament can hold I mean you know everybody was saying y'all could be a two seed and we were we felt like we were on a roll so we didn't get a chance to see what that looked like so I felt like I had lost and coach Moore was like well, we didn't lose, so stop saying loss. Like, we, we went out on a win. Not many people get to say that, so change your mindset. And we went out on a win, and at least we have that to hold on to. But, um, yeah, it was, it was just tough. I felt really bad for our seniors. I felt really bad for our team. Um, I wanted to see what we could have done. But um, so I'm trying to listen to Coach Moore for – uh, the positive side of what he said, which is not the normal. Um, he normally sees it half empty uh, instead of half full, and he changed my mindset. Like, okay, you might feel like we lost, but we won. So let's uh, we'll we'll end the season on a win.
1: <laughs> I think as time has gone on since then, we've all been able to put it in perspective. Yes, agreed. So let's talk about what it's like to be a mom in the NC State Athletics Department. How much are your kids around the team? What does that look like? Do you have other moms on your staff?
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel very blessed to be at NC State. Um, everyone in the office is, is great with my with my girls. Rachel, who is our Executive Director of Operations, she has a daughter that is two months younger than Nyla. They went to daycare together. They've been together since they were little. They're besties, like they're cheering at the games together. Um, and if, you know, the girls come around in the office, someone's always willing to step up and say, Oh, I can entertain them while you go do this. Or if we have like a morning practice and Nyla has a, like a doctor's appointment right after Ms. Felicia, our office administrator will be like, Oh, she can just sit with me going down to practice. She'll be fine. So everybody just steps up and, you know, it's like a family atmosphere and helps take care of them when they're around. And Um, I'm just really appreciative of them. The girls come to every home game, and Yolbert drives them to most of the away games that he can, and after every game they have to hug every player, and they know who they're missing, and like Thursday night games are late, so I'm like, okay girls, y'all need to go home with daddy, like the morning is going to be early, and they're like, no, but Kai hasn't been out yet, and Kayla hasn't been out, like we got to hug, they know exactly like who they're waiting for, that they haven't seen yet to hug, so I think that's awesome. They get these remarkable young women to look up to uh, and to give them uh, great role models. So I'm, I'm super proud of the team that I'm around and super proud of my players being able to be around them.
1: I love that about the hugs after the game. I think it's fun every year when our new players get here too, just how invested they are in
2: getting to know each one of them. Yeah, Nyla still struggles a little bit with when they graduate, like why Why are they not there anymore? And want to be on the team anymore and I'm like no it's not that they didn't want to be on the team it's like they've graduated they are going on to their next phase so they play on a professional team or they go overseas or they go coaching or um so we're still trying to navigate through explaining to a five-year-old what, what happens after graduation
0: <laughs> oh that's so fun though these memories are just precious and the time goes so fast with these little ones and with our players too it just the time flies so Let's talk about Lindsay. How did you meet your husband, Yolrick? You guys were both coaches at one point. Talk about that and your guys' relationship and how you made that all work, and just the challenges of a two-coach household.
2: Yeah, so I went to JMU, in 2009, um, we were at the kickoff like athletic meeting of the year in August. My guy comes up and like introduces himself, and I'm like, "Oh, hi, Lindsay Smith." and I uh, just got here and be working with this basketball. So then at the end of the meeting, I like feel this person like following me and I'm like, I get to my car and he's like standing on the passenger side and he was like, um, can you give me a ride back to my office? I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, I don't know you. You want to get in my car? Like, wh- where- what's going on? And I'm like, well, where do you work and do you not have a car here? And <laughs> uh, he was like, no, I'm just joking. I want to see where your heart was at. He was like, I'll, I'll just go on back to my office or whatever. So then he was just really persistent. um, And Jackie Carson, who's the head coach at Furman, was there with me as an assistant. She was married to Rob. York and Rob were best friends. They were very um, persuasive and persistent about getting us together in group settings Um, So that's kind of how that all happened, I guess. So probably by Thanksgiving, we were finally going out on our first date uh, and then things just kind of took off from there. Um, I do think, you know, in the dating process, I definitely had my moments of thinking like, how is this going to work? Like, what happens if? And, you know, we just both reached a point where we're like, you know what? God brought us together. We're here. And if it's meant to be it's going to be so we're going to, it's going to work out and we're going to keep plugging along and we'll deal with those situations when they come versus like trying to plan them now so um got married in 2012 and then coach more calls in 2013 so there was our first one and it was like okay so here we go and york was pushing me out the door from jmu because i was like we just got married this isn't the right time Um, So I moved to NC State. He stayed at JMU for one more season, um, then moved to Old Dominion uh, for a short period of time, six months. JMU got let go in November. By December, he was at Old Dominion, but that shortened our drive a little bit. So we're like, okay it's a little bit better. And then he took that job early December, late December, we found out we were pregnant with Nyla for the first time. And I'm like, you're in Virginia and I'm in North Carolina. Like, Oh my goodness. Okay. Here's our next challenge. What are we about to do? Um, but then again, God works it out. And July of 14, a month before we're due with Nyla, Doran, Coach Doran offered work a job as an off the field coach, uh, quality control at NC State. So then he moves down to NC State and he's there for the birth of our daughter, uh, which was, I was like, we're going to be separated and how is this going to work? Um, but we did that for two years, um, which was great to uh, be in the same household and, and raising our first child. And then he just really missed the recruiting side of things and having his own guys and having his own meeting room, uh, which I can understand. That's one of my favorite parts of what I do too. So Um, Some other opportunities were calling and I was like, that can't work and that one can't work. And then Charlotte called and I was like, okay, you know, we can make that work. Um, So we put our house on the market in Raleigh and we moved to Hillsborough, North Carolina. Um, So that was like 15, 20 minutes on the other side of Durham and Chapel Hill. He would drive an hour and 35 minutes when he drove it. And I would drive an hour and 10 each day with traffic um, to get the girls to daycare and to get into work. Um, The first year he was there, he he stayed with one of his coworkers. And then after that, um, he slept in his office for like three nights out of the week. Um, So we took it a day at a time. Everybody's like, how'd you do it? And it was honestly a day at a time because anything more than that just stressed me out too much. But we were just really committed to our family. We were committed to our dreams and our goals. Uh, and We were committed to you know supporting one another as, as best as we possibly could. Um, and we're very, very blessed to have parents that were willing to step in. My parents stepped in and helped a ton. Uh, my in-laws stepped in and helped a ton. We couldn't have made it without them. I mean, there's just, there's no way. So uh, we were really fortunate um, and then uh, it just, it was fun. It was fun. The girls had their football brothers and they had their basketball sisters and it was just awesome that they were able to experience that. Nyla still talks about Charlotte a lot. I'm not sure that she remembers going to the NC State games for daddy but she remembers going to the Charlotte games for daddy and so he, she still talks about that a lot and wants to know when can we go back and, and all of that. So uh, it, it was definitely a fun time. Memories that a lot of people don't get to get and you know the girls don't remember that he wasn't there they just remember the moments that he was there and how involved he was um in those moments when he was there but the sacrifices he made were even more i mean he would drive at four in the morning to get back to charlotte before their 6 a.m meetings so you know it was fun time while it lasted
0: five years sounds like a stretch of 10. I remember talking to you on the road and hearing about all that stuff and saying the same thing, like, how do you guys do it? But you guys always just made it look so good. And it's it was just so cool to see your guys commitment to your family and being able to have your careers, which is what we love to see. So now that that two coach life isn't really going on anymore. Rick has transitioned out of coaching. Talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. So in, um, 2019 Charlotte staff was let go. Um, and he pursued a couple other football opportunities and some was like, okay, this doesn't make sense for my family. Um, and then the the two that did kind of make sense for family just didn't work out. And he was like, you know what? Um, I just really feel like I've been in my office late at night and I'm sleeping on the floor and I'm like thinking, what am I doing? Like, and praying, like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this how I'm supposed to be living with my family? Um, and then this opportunity kind of presented itself for him to do financial advising and planning. Uh, and he's always been really interested in the financial side of things, stocks and investments and retirement and all that, which is like a third language to me. I'm like, I, I don't understand any of it. Um, so it's been, uh, he was like, you know what, I think I'm going to pursue it. So I'm not going to lie. It was definitely a, a transition. It was tough. There was a lot of studying for him, a lot of, um, stress for him going from sports world to money world and finances. Um, and you know what, he was still away a lot. So I was like, what are we, you know, what are we doing like this? I thought this was to be more around one another. It was just him trying to get his feet wet and trying to get grounded in it and, To go from, you know, you've been coaching for, what, 11, 12, 13 years and been really comfortable and good at what you were doing to starting over and to starting something completely brand new. Um, He didn't want to just be okay or average. He wanted to be good at it and really good at it. He's perfectionist and and all of that. So he was ready to go from zero to 10 as soon as he started, so Uh, I think there was a little bit of a time period with that. That was tough, but uh, he really has hit a stride uh, and we figured out a schedule and he's doing great in his business. And I'm so proud of him for his efforts to start fresh and to start new and to be doing so well. Um, So it's been really awesome to see uh, his commitment to that as well. But Um, like I said, it's, it's not always been easy and there's still moments. I mean, he's studying for some more tests that he's taking this weekend. So there's definitely times that he has to lock himself away in the room more to study and get ready for those tests, but it's all for the betterment of his business and then being able to take care of his family better too. So he's, he's very happy though. He thinks he's helping more people now than he even was when he was in coaching and he is trying to have it be about sports, so he's been reaching out to football coaches and basketball coaches, um, so that that helps him feel connected too.
1: Well, you've got a good one there, Lindsay, no doubt. Um, Small world. My husband is a James Madison grad as well. Awesome. Yeah, go Dukes. So he knows Yorick. And I know that was a big sacrifice for him to make for your family and make that big transition. But what a cool thing that he's so supportive of your career and just prioritizing your family like that.
2: Yeah, I feel very fortunate for sure.
1: So the big news, baby number three is on the way. We're less than six weeks away.
2: Yeah, Friday will mark five weeks away.
1: Well, tell us how this pregnancy has been.
2: It's been good. I really have very little to complain about. Um, Again, is some of that because of quarantine and you're not in the office and you're not ripping and running and doing workouts. I mean, like my energy level has been good. I've still been able to work out. Um, I've still been able to do the things with my family that I need to do so I, I feel really good um, and the pregnancy has been pretty easy. I, I was worried a little bit older now. I was worried about my age. I was worried about having two kids already at home um, but everything's been uh, really smooth so far and hopefully that del- continues into the, to the delivery in August so we'll see. <laughs> How did you break the news of the new addition to your daughters and to your team? So we did an announcement photo shoot and the girls wore shirts. So Nyla wore big little, Halen wore middle little, and they were going to be holding shirts or onesie that said little, little. And I thought at that point we were going to have to explain it to them, but they were just like, does this shirt say Edmunds? And I was like, yeah, I'll just roll with it. <laughs> so we just said, yeah, it says Edmonds, and so I was like, well, I guess we'll just go with that for a while. And so we just went ahead and told him it said Edmonds, and then a little bit later, we did. We pulled out those three shirts and we talked through what those three shirts meant and what they all said. And Nyla's my very like inquisitive, like has to figure it all out, has so many questions. But in that moment, like she just kind of shut down on me. She was like, wait a minute, what? And like. I was like, yeah, come here. And like, she like wouldn't. It took her a minute to process it, but it was really tough on me. I'm like, what's wrong? Like, she's not okay. But she came around and within an hour and was like, then all the questions came. And Halen was just like, oh, I'm so excited. We're going to have all the babies in the world. And I'm like, oh, well, we're just having one <laughs> But um, she was very happy too. So they're both super, super happy now. They talk to my stomach all the time. They kiss it, they say, I can't wait to meet you. I'm gonna be your big sister. Fun fact is that we haven't found out what we're having. They both think it's a boy, um, but me and my husband both think it's a girl. But he's never wanted to find out and I just couldn't do it with the first two. And this one, I compromised, right? marriage is all about compromise. So I was like, well, you know what? We will, we'll let you win on this one and uh, we will not find out. So yeah, that was how I told my girls, the team, we told on Zoom again in March. We found out in uh, December that we were pregnant. March, I really wasn't showing. So I hadn't told anybody yet. And it also kind of got in my head that I was older. I wanted to get further along in the pregnancy before we told people. And then we got sent home and then it was like, well, when do I tell them and how do I tell them? So ended up telling them on the Zoom and I held up the onesie and Erin was recording it. She's so thoughtful in that sense that she knew what I was doing. So she was recording it and all the players started screaming uh, and then Aaron sent it to me. So that was pretty awesome uh, to have that moment recorded too. So I was able to tell them that way. So they're all super excited. Most of them want a boy too, uh, just they to have something different, but uh, they were really excited. So they, it's been sweet to get texts from them checking in on me as much as I'm checking on the, in on them. So it's been fun.
1: So what's on the to-do
2: list of, for this six-week countdown? So we just put together bunk beds for the girls and moved them into one room, which they had been asking for bunk beds even before they knew that uh, we were pregnant and having another baby. So put together their room, they're all situated. So now I can kind of start working on the nursery. My plans are to do like navy blues and whites of the basic things. And then when we found out what we're having I have an Amazon list ready to go for boy stuff and an Amazon list ready to go for girl stuff. So we'll add some like blues and woods uh, accents if it's a boy and if it's a girl do some coral and flowers and just order them in the hospital and they'll be waiting for us when we get home maybe so. Um, that's the main thing that really needs to get done other than figuring out the school situation for Nyla. Those are the, those are the two main things on my to-do list that my, I can't get my brain to shut off at night because I'm thinking about those things. But those are the, really the main things. If it's a boy, I'm going to be starting from scratch. If it's a girl, I have everything I need. So, uh, we'll figure that out in the hospital, I guess.
1: (laughs) That is so exciting. And I am not at all surprised that you're prepared with plan A and plan B. That does not surprise me at all about you. So what is your plan for maternity leave, returning to work? I feel like there's so many unknowns right now with COVID anyway, but what's the plan as of right now?
2: Yeah, you know, Coach and I talked about it recently, um, and there are so many unknowns. Um, I think if season is going to be a go, uh, I will probably do six to eight weeks if season is not a go or if season is gonna be pushed back to maybe just be in conference only in, in January, then uh, May would explore the full 12 weeks with some pop-ins. Again, is official visits gonna happen? Like who who knows if that's even gonna happen? Probably not, but if it would, you know, I could pop in and maybe do official visits, uh, this, there a dinner there, a breakfast here, whatever or pop in and watch a workout now that we're not living an hour and 10 minutes away we have we didn't move uh with york's uh change of uh career which was a like huge life change too. I got like 10 hours of my week back. So now we're in apex and only takes me 20 minutes to get to work and 10 minutes to drop the girls off from school. So I feel like I can be a little bit more accessible and, and not have to fully be there all the time, but can pop in and, and do some things. So we're just kind of playing it by ear and, and seeing. Um, same with these workouts. Again, all of our players have tested negative, but at one wrong decision on a weekend. So I don't know. I may go next week and sit up top at the workouts. Who, who knows? So again, there's just been a, a lot of unknowns with COVID, but, um, if no season, then might try to take full advantage and, and see what 12 weeks is like. Cause I've never gotten that either. So we'll see. It's kind of a good year
0: to have a baby. <laughs> it's like, it's a bad year for everything else. It's kind of a good year to be pregnant. Just saying. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, July and then, and
2: then it was like, well, there's going to be August, um, tournaments and I was like oh no I feel so bad like I was gonna be able to do July but then I can't do August and then they push back to September and I'm like oh okay well I'm, I'm good in air that got me through that too so uh, yeah it's kind of been a good year.
1: Well we are excited for you. I'm excited to find out if this little one's a boy or a girl. So my last question for you totally changes gears but I want to address the Black Lives Matter movement a little bit and just talk about what's going on in our country and how you guys have handled this with your team at NC State.
2: Yeah, you know, we, we've had um, Team Zooms, uh, and Coach Moore has been very upfront, like, I, I don't have all the right words, and I don't know all the right things to say, but I want this to be a safe space, and I want you guys to tell me how you're feeling, and So it's really been open forum um, Zooms where they can express their feelings, they can express their emotions about things in a safe space. Um, We've had peaceful protests on campuses. We've formed a group called PAC United, uh, which is student athletes from all the different sports. We have two players from our team that are participating uh, in PAC United. Um, Just talking about different initiatives, uh, different education sessions and events that could hopefully happen in the upcoming year. One of them that was just agreed upon was that election day will be an off day for all student athletes. Um, Then there's initiatives to help student athletes make sure they're all registered to vote. Um, So those are some of the things that our players are participating in. Um, We're also pushing that they all understand the importance of registering to vote and, and getting out and voting. Um, but just continuing the conversations uh, I think you know we we don't want it to be something that we did for two weeks and then it just ends so just trying to continue the conversations and and figuring out what that can all look like uh, what education can we do what speakers can we have come in and talk to just our team alone when we can do those things and or do we just do it on zoom so just trying to figure out the way to to best support them and and know that we hear them and we see them and we value them and um, we want them to know that we're behind them hundred percent. So just again trying to figure out ways to continue the conversation as much as possible and educate as much as possible um, so that they know it's, it's not something that we're, we're not opening our eyes to.
1: I'm curious if this conversation extends to your home as well. Your husband is African-American. Nyla and Halen are mixed. They're beautiful but they're little, they're five and three. So I'm just curious if you and your husband have talked to them about racism or how you address that at home.
2: Yeah, so unfortunately, Nyla, when she was three, almost four, was told at school that her hair wasn't beautiful because it wasn't growing long and straight and it wasn't yellow, um, meaning blonde by a little girl. So we had a conversation pretty early on about um, everyone being different, and everyone looking different, and that there are black, and there's white, and Hispanic, and Indian, and you're going to come across, you know, people of different cultures. So we've We've had that conversation for a long time with them and and talked about being kind and being nice to one another and loving everyone despite their differences with her ever since that. We've included Halen in on the conversations, even though she's a lot younger. Uh, We tried with Nyla to talk a little bit more about the heavier things that were happening, but we could tell that the maturity level just wasn't there to kind of understand and grasp it all. So we've just continued the conversation of Being kind to everyone and loving everyone no matter what they look like or what their hair looks like and we've talked to Nyla about standing up for people if they are if they ever if she ever sees someone being mistreated because they are different. So We do feel very fortunate that the neighborhood we're in. We we have some diversity in the group of people that we were hanging out with before COVID. Um, There's An all white family. There's a Hispanic family. There's another biracial family with a black man and a white woman who have a child. Uh, and then there's another um, biracial family with a white woman and an Indian, um, fam, uh, Indian man who have a lot of children as well. So, you know, our kids are being exposed and I think that's great. We want them to see all different walks of life and, and not just what our family looks like or what their grandparents' family look like. And um, so we just have continued to try to expose them as much as we can to different cultures um, very, you know, very involved in our church, uh, that is still in Hillsboro. We're still going to that church when COVID is over, we will be, um, because it is predominantly, uh, African American. And that's really important for them to see that because unfortunately their schools here in apex just aren't going to be as diverse as we would like them to be. So being involved in the a church that is predominantly black and looks like their dad is, is really important to us too. So, um, those are some of the steps for now. I'm sure we'll continue as the girls get older, but unfortunately had to deal with that pretty early and just continue to, to build on that.
0: My daughter Avery is also biracial, and it's one of the blessings, I feel like, too, just being a coach. I've coached biracial players, and I have heard their struggles. I've gotten a chance to understand going into being a mom what, what kind of things are coming up. What are they feeling? What are they experiencing? And it is. It's just another thing that I'm just so thankful for to be able to be around players that are just from all walks of life, and you see them and try to learn as best as best we can from that. Your family's so beautiful, Lins, and we're just, we're so excited and and just thankful that you took the time to be with us. And so we're just going to wrap up with our thing that we ask, what is winning the game for you right now?
2: Um, Everybody making it through the day alive. Uh, everybody making it through the day with minimal meltdowns as possible, uh, and still feeling like I was productive and my husband was productive with their day is really an absolute win, uh, each day, a huge fan of curbside pickups. I mean, it has been a game changer. Uh, I'm still paying the fee, even though like grocery stores are, I mean, they, they still- like charging the fee when it was like such a shutdown. And I'm like, it's totally worth this $4.95. Like add that to my cart. Like uh, love my Target pickups too. So that is a a game changer for sure. And early on, York and I were struggling at the end of the day, like, oh my gosh, what is for dinner tonight? Like when we figured out if we would figure out at breakfast when we're sitting down and chatting, like what dinner was going to be for that night, it like changed the flow of the day. Like we knew then what to go ahead and set out. We weren't stressed at like, or five o'clock like oh gosh what are we feeding the girls um so that was a big change for us uh too it was like figuring it out first thing in the morning like okay what are we going to do for dinner tonight and because uh, we were, I mean, even now, like we're still choosing not to go to restaurants just because of me being pregnant. I uh, just don't think it's worth it and, and not done a ton of takeout either. So it's been like really a, a lot of meals and a lot of cooking. And it's just like, okay, uh, can we get through another week of meals? And figuring that out early in the morning has kind of changed things for us too. But curbside pickup. Would you mind maybe texting me that dinner plan after breakfast every day? Yeah, for Sure. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I'll get that right to you. Hey, listen, some days it's not very fancy. Some nights that it's like breakfast for dinner and we're doing pancakes and eggs and sausage. Uh, and then some nights we'll do more extravagant stuff, but, um, I'm really fortunate too. Yolbert loves to cook. So we, we switch off nights, uh, and that helps. And he loves cleaning up the kitchen. I don't know what's wrong with him, but even on my nights that I cook, he cleans. So I'm like, I'm totally winning at that too. He, uh, he's a blessing. He's a little OCD, uh, when it comes to certain things. So I'm just like, Hey, I'll roll with it. Cause it's a positive for me. <laughs> wow
1: that is awesome well thanks again for taking time to visit with us today
2: of course thanks for having me it was awesome It was good to see you guys I, I wish we could have seen each other on the road but this was nice to at least be able to see each other and, and hang out for a little bit
0: absolutely thanks again Lindsay we'll hopefully see you soon okay sounds good we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the moms and coaching podcast we hope you'll join us again for our next episode also, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at momsincoaching at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at momsincoaching. Bye everyone, until next time.